0: smart this is a pretty fun and weird episode i got a chance to interview nicole morning about her book self-titled from trident press and her tape soft animal from hello america stereo cassette we have a pretty good time in this episode talking about tinder sleeter kinney last concerts we've been to and of course literature I'm sure there's even more random-as-hell things we discuss, but honestly, this episode was kind of a blur. Right as I was logging on to begin the podcast, the fire alarm went off in my apartment building, causing me to have to sit on a curb in 100-degree heat. I made sure to message Nicole that we'd start the episode the second I got inside, which was 30 minutes later, where I literally just ran up four floors and threw my headphones on and started recording. To this day, I still have no idea what caused the alarm to go off, but there's one thing Nicole and I agreed on immediately, millennials have very poor survival instincts. I hope you have a weird sense of humor, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, sorry, it's been a hectic 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. Oh, our our alarm has never gone off like in the entire building was like what the fuck do we do like i've never seen so many people like look out into a hallway and be like do we leave
1: oh my god
0: i know oh, like no. that was like a pathetic thing i've learned now that millennials have no idea what to do in the case of a fire yeah yeah that's a little scary so there was no fire though we have no idea that's how i'm like this is how sad we are as a building like it is a building of millennials and everybody eventually left but when the alarm finally turned off because the uh, fire department came because i think they have to come every time uh an alarm goes off eventually it went off and people just kind of like slowly trickled back inside being like is it all good Are we fine? Never to the manager of the building or the fire department, just to each other. Be like, I'll take the chance. We could do it.
1: Well, that's the thing. We're, like, taught to rely on authority, but then they don't actually do their job. So it's better to, I think it's better
0: to rely on each other. Yeah, like, I don't want to say, like, (laughs) I I don't want to, like, accuse someone of being a Karen because she lives on my floor. But she's kind of a Karen in that way and when i saw her go in i i just immediately saw her as my authority figure (laughs) i was just like this bitch tells everybody what to do usually she's probably right (laughs) but we all just slowly followed i mean no one's else like outside anymore from what i could see but if the alarm goes back off i'm sorry i'm running and this podcast is over (laughs) no no problem
1: please don't Please don't be on fire just for this interview.
0: You know what's fucked up is that (laughs) this is how you know, like, I have poor priorities. Everybody, everybody had their dogs outside. And I was like, damn, that's smart thinking. And I'm like talking to my mom on the phone because I was just like, I'm bored out of my mind. I don't know what to do outside (laughs) because it's like 98 here. Oh. And in that instant, I thought, fuck, my iced coffee is upstairs. And then my mom was like, what about your cat? And I was just like... Oh, you're a bad person, Mallory. I know. I looked at everybody. I was like, oh, all their dogs. I thought too quickly, but not thought enough. Well, that's okay.
1: If you died in your apartment, your cat would just eat your corpse. So, I'm just, it's fine.
0: One time... When I lived in an apartment in the city, like, a couple years ago, the neighbor's carbon monoxide alarm went off, and I was smart then, and I got my cat out. But it was a false alarm. Their uh, thing ended up needing new batteries or whatever. But it was at that moment that I learned that maybe in the event of an emergency, I can't grab my cat, because I think she'd rather kill me than let me save her life. Yeah. 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 Yeah cats are like that like i found her in the exact same area she was in when i came back and she was like what the fuck was that and i was like i'll give you treats i'm sorry i'm sorry i left you for dead (laughs) my mom was like did you at least leave the door open so she could escape and i was like i don't know that feels like a headache it's a risk yeah yeah. well i'm glad everyone's okay for now but yeah if you need to go go I just this is how you know we're all fucked up is that everyone was like eh, at least it's not Florida hmm yeah and like I learned that everybody in this building was like if it was Florida we'd all probably die if this building was coming down we just would not know what to do yeah yeah everybody thinks they they'll know
1: how to handle a crisis but then when the crisis actually hits that's when your true colors show
0: we had an old uh, building manager I want to say like a year ago and she was really great we had a tornado that hit and she made sure to knock on everybody's door and be like okay you guys got to get to like the garage because we have like a basement garage we don't have that manager anymore we went through Another one who was a total bitch. Somehow we chased her out. And now we have a new guy who has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so, yeah. That's,
1: that's hard. I heard a little bit. I listened to your uh, podcast with Adam Gennady. And so I, I heard a little bit about your struggles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that bitch Kiki. She's gone, everybody. <laughs> Be happy. We chased her out. <laughs> that bitch Kiki. <laughs> that that was so great, the day that I found out she was gone. I mean, it was such a random thing, is that we were trying to renew our lease, and she just never emailed us back, and I was like, what a bitch, and then, like, one day I showed up and saw that there was a guy in her office, <laughs> and I was like, okay, something happened. Oh my
1: God. Did somebody murder Kiki for being such a bitch?
0: I think it she just would have been the Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, this woman is in charge of our floor. <laughs> Like, we all look to her for, like, what do we do? Person who's only probably a couple of years older than us. She's like the room leader for your <laughs> class. That reminds me,
1: that reminds me, though, we were at this when I went to Trident the other day uh, <clears throat> to sign my book and see my book in the bookstore. Uh, like afterwards there was this festival going on just randomly went to this festival I was there with my neighbor and our kids and there's like this big bouncy obstacle course and my daughter really wanted to go on it but uh the ticket seller place had closed and so they were like sorry you can't go on it but this thing was like really really long and so we were walking by it and we got to the end and there's like this spot where you can just climb in on the end and so my daughter kind of looked at me and then she was kind of like like started walking <laughs> up to it and I and I was like I was I was going to tell her no, you know. But then this this little boy came down and he was like, "Hey, you can't come in this way. You need to go around and get a ticket." And he was like just a random kid that was climbing on the thing and I was like, "Uh who what are you?" like the bouncy house cop what I mean I didn't say that to the kid but I just it was like the fact of him like trying to boss my daughter he was like no you just can't and my daughter so my daughter just and my he was like a lot bigger than my daughter and so she just kind of like continued on and then he 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 did it again he was like no no you can't go in this way and so she turned around and looked at me and I was like yeah (laughs) yeah you can't yeah you can because she was really sad that she didn't get to go on the on, on the bouncy obstacle course and so i was just like man fuck this cop <laughs> uh fuck the so house
0: police
1: yeah and the room leaders but then it sucks because i don't know i think there's like and i'm an anarchist but i do think that there's something to like i mean i think people naturally kind of just fall into like like we Everyone's most—we're we're always looking for a leader, and I don't know if it's like that. We're naturally just that way, or if we're trained to be that way from elementary school or what. But uh, I think like we're pack animals, yeah, almost, to a certain I degree. I mean, we totally are. We're completely social animals. The pandemic highlighted that. I think for everyone, we're definitely social animals, and I don't know, but you know, like in like hunter gatherers, gather societies really there's only like leaders only emerge in crisis and then they kind of I mean I think for most of them for most of human history people have lived that way like sort of like anarchist ways of like not having like a permanent leader like leaders will emerge in crisis and then they just kind of like go away like stop you know like they go it goes back to normal and. Things are not in crisis anymore, but that's not the way we do it now. And then, like, yeah, people couldn't handle anarchy now because... I don't know. Yeah, I I learned I'm not a leader, so... Yeah. I can be. I mean, being a mom, I think... Yeah,
0: you have to if you're a parent, a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's also really different. I was so young when I had my son... Um, that I like you know we like grew up together really I was 15 when I had him and so then I was 34 when I had my daughter and so it's a, an entirely different thing that's one of the things ways I think I kind of wasn't a good parent I just didn't provide like uh confident leadership with my son because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing uh, I mean I still don't really but at least like I know that it's important to project that
0: you know what's fucked up is I think I was a better leader when I was a teenager versus now. Really? What? It- I had better instincts and everything. And yeah. then like the adult life fucked you up or what, what happened? I don't know. But like, I want to say I met my boyfriend like 10 years ago. So I was like 20. And he even was like, you were clearly the leader of our friend group. And I was like, I don't know what happened. I, I think I was faking it. I I don't know. I think I was just coming up with ideas, and everyone else was just like, "Thank you, finally, someone said something." Yeah, but I have no mm. idea.
1: Well, that's interesting. Also, like, I mean, I think you grow into yourself. You're only thirty. That's, it's, it's, it's a journey. So people people change, and thirty is when I think I first really started to get to know myself, and now I'm an ancient 40 year old <laughs> it's so weird because I always think like or I always thought I just when you know when you're young people people look way more Looks like they have it more together or maybe it's just me I still don't feel like I I only just started to feel like a like an adult and I still don't really for the most part so I don't know and people always say like well, oh, you don't see it this happened a couple of times this week oh I would never would have guessed that you're 40 and I'm like is that because I look younger or because I just seem
0: fucking immature I think probably the latter but I, I think like you look younger probably I know I have that issue with me being 30 people immediately be like 22 23 and I'm like no just because I'm wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt does not mean I'm a child
1: <laughs> yeah Totally. Well, I did get. Uh, I went to an open mic last night, and then afterwards, I was like, uh, "So, like a like a twenty six year old uh, asked if he could kiss me. So that was very that was very <laughs> gratifying. I declined, uh, but I was very flattered, and it was very gratifying.
0: And he guessed that I was At Starbucks. I got hit on by a teenager, and I was like, "This is so <laughs> wrong on so many levels." Yeah, yeah. no I found out that I was an adult probably in the last couple weeks (laughs) because there are a lot of teenagers (laughs) that hang around our building and I have finally become that person who notices their stupidity Uh. like and it feels so weird because I was that idiot Mm -hmm. too but now I'm the adult who's like look at those fucking idiots what the hell are they doing like they're just like hanging out on cars doing nothing and I was like I used to do that, but I hate them right now because they're blocking the entrance to our apartment.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and I don't yeah. even think it's, like, people are stupid at all ages. I have these neighbors who are just really loud. Something, I, generally, I have really good neighbors, but I have these ones that were, I they were up really late with just, like, drinking. I could hear them drinking outside on the patio, which is fine. But then they were being really loud, and then there's, like, one Brad, you know. It's, like, a Brad or a Chad that was just dominating the whole conversation, first of all. And then the conversation was just stupid as fuck. It was, like, if I have to listen to you guys talk, at least talk about something fucking interesting. I don't even know what they were talking about, but I know that I was just, like, shut the fuck up. I didn't say that, but, yeah.
0: I love those moments when you're forced to hear other people have, like their fun time together and you realize that they're total dorks It's like wow i wish i did not have to hear your stupidity yeah well
1: it's funny because i could like hear i could so i don't drink anymore i've been sober for a long time and i really like it but i could i like remember being like at parties and in situations like that and you could just it wasn't just the one brad there was like it was mostly the dudes dominating the conversation and you could just hear the girls like trying to and i mean they're probably like in their 30s or t- just like twenties. i don't know i'm a terrible judge of age <laughs> but they're drinking age and like that's i think that's the thing that i was really interested in is like how the women didn't really get to participate in the conversation and they were just kind of like they just played these like supporting roles they were like there to laugh and then you could hear them like try to get a word in edgewise or whatever and
0: yeah i don't know i don't know I was gonna say I can't imagine you being happy. That from what I've read, you're a main character. You go for main character moments.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, in my—I <laughs> mean, I think in my—in my literature, sure. In life, I mean, I guess in life too. But I'm a quirky sidekick <laughs> in life. That's—I know my role. <laughs> Formerly the leader, but now you're the quirky sidekick. I don't know well, I think the thing is yeah. I'm not really good in social situations. I've always been a very solitary person and uh kind of felt myself to be on the fringes and on the outside of of things, but I guess I do tend to i mean like uh I think that's maybe that's why I like writing because i do I do get to make myself the center, which I think sometimes is. Maybe overdone and annoying, and sometimes I would like maybe it'd be cool if I wrote about something besides myself once in a while, uh, but you know like it's my world, and i I don't get to create the the bulk of the world that I live in. I don't get to control it or create it. I'm just subject to it, and I have to exist in this dumbass capitalist, patriarchal society that is like ruining the planet. But, in my literature, I get to have a little bit more control, so maybe that's that's what it's about. but I wouldn't say i'm a i'm a I'm the crazy cat lady i don't I'm not like really good, so I'm like an extra
0: so you must extra hate that I left my cat
1: well, no, I understand <laughs> it because I know that your cat would eat you i and I know
0: that about yeah. I was making jokes about that. she fucked myself up like. Even if I tried to grab her like right now, she'd still fuck me yeah. up.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was making sure jo- because I only just got a cat. I'm not like an animal. Per- I don't I've been a vegetarian and a vegan for a long time, I've been a vegetarian for like 20 years. And so but I'm not an animal person. I'm a plant person. But I got a cat because, oh, really? yeah, I've never I don't like animals just seem very like, I don't know, they just like poop and you have to feed them and they're just. Like they have hair and they're—I don't know—I'm not really into them. Plants, I prefer plants. But I got this cat for my daughter, and then th-
0: I was going to say you have a kid that does the exact same stuff. I'm assuming she, how old she, she, is she your does, daughter? She's six. Uh, oh, so she finally got out of that age. No, she where still you have to poops, deal with poops that all over everything.
1: No, she just—I'm looking—I'm <laughs> looking right now at like. She she just, like, eats, like, a, like, did you, do you know Casper? Did you remember the the Casper yeah. with Christina Ricci? That one? Oh, yeah. Well, there's, like, the, the, the part where, like, the yeah, uncles. they're eating at the kitchen and, like, the food is just falling out through their ghostly bodies and Casper's going up underneath them and sweeping it up in the dustpan. That's how my daughter eats, and I'm Casper <laughs> in that situation. Uh, <clears throat> but she's really great, and she's... She's awesome, and she is an animal, but it's just different. I don't really like kids either, except for mine. I'm not, <laughs> I just
0: think. I don't like other people's kids yeah, either. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know. Kids are people. I just have a hard time with people, and kids are people, and sometimes they're annoying, and sometimes they're not. But in general, I'm just I'm a person who likes quiet and uh, not to have to clean up after other creatures
0: for the most part. See, you are a cat person well, then you barely have to deal with them. I
1: don't know. This cat, is, she's she's a little high maintenance, I feel like. she She's a lot like me. I was telling this to the guy that tried to kiss me last night. Yeah, she's like me. She's like, <laughs> she's like very.
0: How do you segue into that? In the conversation with the guy? Where do... Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just like the, okay. What? From the. Tell From me. the
1: kiss or the cat? I don't know what we were yeah. talking about. It's funny because I, I think I was all... Okay, so
0: here's what happened. I, what is it about Boulder? Crazy <laughs> shit happens. Well, no, I was in
1: Denver. I went to the Mercury Cafe, yeah. to the open mic. So I've never been on stage before. I've never used a microphone. Uh, and so I, I was really debating last night about whether or not to go to this open mic. I love the Mercury Cafe and I've been going there for like 15 years and it's a wonderful place um but i and i've been to lots of poetry readings there so i just went for it i was like okay i'm going to do it i went and i signed up right at 9:30 and then i just like ordered this salad and then i was too nervous to eat and i didn't go until the very end i just like sat there watching everybody else being too nervous to eat cuz i didn't want to go up on stage with like salad in my teeth or like shit on my <laughs> face and yeah. So I don't know. So but I did it and it was really fun. Um I don't know what my point is segueing into talking about cats and trying to
0: I'm on Yelp right now and I'm looking at it and yeah, I've been there. I've been I hosted a poetry. At reading the Merc? There. It's yeah. cool. It was like twenty seventeen maybe. I I was very out of it when I did that one. Oh, whoops. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't remember it. I mean, it's like an old hippie, hippie haunt. It's a it's a legendary place. Ironically, I had someone hit on me there, too. Yeah, well, and I think it's strange
1: because I, I, I was really surprised that the guy asked, well, because the guy, well, I don't know. I don't want to go into all of it, but I was surprised because I was just, like, pumped on the poetry, you know, and so, like, we were talking about poetry and stuff and I didn't really think I wasn't even like considering him that way and then uh, sometimes that happens I think uh, I'll be like so this happens to me as a librarian too not now because I don't work with the public anymore but uh like when I'd work reference or whatever I was so like excited about being a librarian and I'm very passionate about it and I love my job and so like that with poetry too like I love it and I was like pumped on Whatever, and so I, that I, for some reason, people, men, generally, are like, oh, she's in love with me, but really, I'm actually just in love with my job or in love with poetry or, whatever. So
0: they have that weird like sexy librarian fantasy. Like guys can't get over those tropes for some yeah, reason. Yeah, and
1: guess what? All the dudes that love that sexy librarian shit do not fucking read. Like all the ones. Like, that, I didn't even realize, because I didn't get on Tinder until I had already been a librarian for a while, and I put that on my Tinder profile, and holy shit, yeah, it's a whole thing. I had no idea, but every single one who was like, ooh, sexy librarian, and then I'm like, yeah, what, like, what do you like to read? Well, I'm not really much of a reader, but <laughs> I'm like,
0: okay, <laughs> what is it that you like about libraries then, buddy? I just had to look this up because I was on Tinder. My boyfriend and I, I don't know why, we're fucked up people. (laughs) We go on Tinder sometimes separately to see who gets the most (laughs) likes. That is really fucked up. Our relationship's so odd. (laughs) But it says I'm a writer on there, and one person actually wrote this. I saved it. Has anyone ever hit on you with something literary, like that they have great expectations and want to get their dick in's? Wow! Yeah, yeah. That person took some effort. They did. That was yeah. I never responded, but
1: <laughs> yeah. There's so many things I could say about Tinder. I went on there briefly. Uh, actually, in, in the last couple of days, I always say like I'm not never going to go on there again. I've been going through this horrible, awful breakup that I don't for like six months. <laughs> that Mm -hmm. I don't want to happen so I keep trying to be like oh well if I just you know like I just gotta move on and then it'll and then uh, Tinder just makes me ill
0: so (laughs) I I find some pretty interesting people on Tinder I don't know what happens but like I I find people that I would actually date I don't know if that reflects poorly on me or (laughs) I'm just getting lucky but yeah I mean I had one person who's like oh do you want to swap, like, our theses? And I was like, holy shit. Like, you're a smart person, too? Like, how did the hell... Why are you on Tinder?
1: Yeah, that's happened to me, too. And I've I've met some good
0: uh, people on Tinder. I dated some...
1: Yeah, and I was on OkCupid, too. And I have have met some really cool... I've made a couple, like, friends through there. But uh, no successful
0: relationships in my life ever, so i'm a very shy person i always thought that i would get like one of my like big relationships from like an online profile but no i shockingly met my boyfriend at a party something that nobody believes that like i would have done but yeah even he like it's so out of his like character trait to like be like oh yeah i met her at a party like we are not party people we're introverts everybody thinks we're lying that story
1: (laughs) well that's probably why it happened you're like
0: the two weirdos there and you found each other you know what's actually funny is this is so bad we didn't even talk to each other too much at the party like i was in like a different area smoking weed with a friend and he was playing donkey kong in the corner with another friend like we just said goodbye to each other and like we're like okay let's exchange phone numbers And that's it. Aw, that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I remember less of meeting him than he does.
1: Hmm. It, but you guys have been yeah, together strangeness. for 10 years?
0: Wow. 10 years. Yeah, yeah I
1: can't imagine. I've never uh, successfully done anything for 10 years, much less a relationship. So...
0: I think that's why we go on Tinder occasionally, just so I can remind him that, like, you don't have any other options. <laughs> well,
1: no, it's good to remember that you have options, but you choose each other, right? I think that's the thing.
0: That's true. I've learned I have a lot of options.
1: Yeah, that was the thing that really surprised me about Tinder. And I guess it's easier. It's just a lot easier for women. But because I was...
0: Cause guys swipe right on like everyone.
1: They do. They, d- yeah. I think a lot of them do. But then even, I mean, I was just really surprised because I've always, I've always thought of myself as like an unattractive person that people don't like.
0: Nah. That people
1: don't like, and so I was really surprised because I was only, I was never on any like online dating, anything until it was like twenty nineteen, and so. I was mm-hmm. very surprised to find that, like, in the meat market of flesh, that is tender. Like, uh, I was getting some hits. It was interesting. <laughs> it was. It was weird. It changed the way that um, I think about myself. I mean, that marketability, like that piece of it, is like really gross. That's what I hate about it. Like, I. That's why I was never on there. Like, oh, I just like put a picture of myself on here and like sell myself. It just seems weird. Um it's a thirst trap yeah, it's very weird and i did I did lead with my tits I'm with my first tinder profile, <laughs> so that probably helped with like the ego boost aspect of it.
0: I need to look at my tinder now. I need to see like what my actual profile is like that's how rarely i've actually checked immediately i I have some interesting people oh I should read. you... Uh yeah, what's I wanna know what yours says and I'll read you what mine says too if you
1: want
0: to know. No, I actually love it. Someone actually keeps messaging me because I never responded and they're like heartbroken. They're like, why'd you delete me? Can we do Snapchat? Uh, coffee and can we talk politics please? Oh but see that's not cool. It's just like I don't pay attention to well, it. Well and though. that's what sucks. I try not to ghost
1: people. I have a bad I do do that, but I don't consider it ghosting. Like, if somebody just messages, like, we match, and they message me, and then I never reply. Uh, But if I'm, like, in a conversation with somebody, I try not not to ghost them.
0: See, I try not to do it, but I have a very, like, my attention span, it just goes (laughs) away so easily. Yeah. (laughs) Where, like, I'll be totally into the conversation at night, and then suddenly I'll be like, eh, it's a different day. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. and I try to respect
1: that about other people, but also like, not, I don't know, I don't like to hurt people's feelings, but I'm just reading my Tinder profile, and I totally want to date me. That's I just want to date myself. I guess that's what I'm doing right now.
0: <laughs> You'll find someone who's just like you. Damn, I'm trying to see like what my, okay, let's see. I say coffee addict that loves talking politics and going for long drives. I have a degree in history and can't stop talking about weird facts. Late night drinks and poetry readings are my favorite things to do. Yeah, it's pretty lit. What do you write? What's yours? Uh, mine says fuck Trump cuz actually the I met <laughs> <clears throat>
1: I met my <clears throat> most recent ex on here and so like I hadn't I think I hadn't updated it since 2020. It says, fuck Trump, just, and this is, I think this is what it said when I met him, except I think I added a few things. But Anyways, just looking for someone to talk about bars with, maybe cuddle, read to each other, question mark. I'm anxious, sober, busy, feminist, sex positive, probably not interested in just hooking up. Emphasis on the probably. I'm 5'9 and fat. I don't really give a shit what you look like. Or what you do for a living. I want to meet cool people who give a shit about life. Capitalism sucks. Yes, I'm really a librarian. My favorite book is the OED. All cats are beautiful. Like, all cops are bastards. Uh, Kindness is everything. Sometimes I'm bad at it. And then I have a mischief brew song on there. Ooh, now I have to see what
0: my song is I forgot to check
1: I still have this really great picture of me with the stuffed bear when I was getting my tires done and I'm pretending like the bear
0: Ooh. as we're on this, someone actually just swiped right on me that says writer a cab Fuck turfs I'll swipe right <laughs> good for them yes
1: I got some, some okay so I'm on Facebook dating too which you kind of get more information. You can see who who has liked you. And the dudes really do just swipe. I'm like, did you not fucking look? Like, I had some... It's just, like, some really... Like, there's obviously far-right dudes. I'm like, didn't you fucking read that shit? Tinder
0: aged me. It says I'm 31. I am not 31, Tinder. Well, you better put that on there. It cracks me up when there's dudes on there that's like, I'm actually
1: 38, not 42. I can't get it to change. I'm like...
0: What? What do you do? I've never had that problem. Well, I don't know. You like, am I immediately like in the upper age range now? Well, you can set your <laughs> the upper age. You're in the elder category now. The elderly. Uh, no. What uh, you can set? Yeah, I still get the twenty-one-year-olds hitting for well, me. Well, you. On the I'm shocked that they're trying to date thirty. Oh no! Yeah. They love. They love the elders.
1: Um, you can set what age range you want, though, what your preferences are on Tinder. I got to get off of this shit. It's not good. It's not good for my (laughs) mental health.
0: Okay. I have to tell you right now, (laughs) Nate Perkins is currently texting me asking when you and I are going (laughs) to do a podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. How'd you meet him? Uh, Through Adam Gennady. And I don't actually know i I have oh, wow I have not yet met Adam in person. I will uh but we do we have uh become friends. I just submitted something to Hello America, and then he really liked it, and then he sent it to Nate and Nate asked me for a manuscript, and I have a book. I guess you have a book too with coming out right
0: Nate, and I'm also going to do the Hello America. I met Adam through Nate. So vice yeah, versa yeah. here. Nate and I hosted a reading together. I'm trying to remember. What, like we gave it a weird name. I think we named it like destroy all human cities. <laughs> nice. It it really led into like the kind of reading we were doing. <laughs> but no, he went then like a year or so later was doing, a I don't know if you call it poetry tour because he was also like with some punk friends and he went through Chicago, and he had Adam with him. And I visited them, and we hung out and got vegan food and stuff. Nice.
1: Yeah, they're really great people. Uh, they're, like... like, get, So laid back. Well, and also just so uh, generous. Like, both of them are really generous and really kind and uh, really passionate about what they do. But they, they're the... like. You know, meeting them and like getting to know them a little bit, which I don't know them super well, but um it's like it just like renews my faith in humanity. I think they're really great people, like the best kind of people that you can be in this shit trash fuck world, so yeah, mm-hmm. I really like them, and I re- like what Adam's doing with the of America is goddamn amazing, every new tape that comes out and just, it just blows my mind especially the compilations they're just super rad so that's cool that you're gonna be on there too do you are
0: ha- are you on one of the compilations no we're gonna do a tape for the book oh, sweet. like an entire rad. tape. um i love how often you said rad Uh, because nate keeps saying i should switch out because i say lit all the time he's like you gotta switch out lit for rad
1: oh yeah you and uh you and adam talked about that too and about like what the kids say i don't know Uh, i've just yeah we're working on it for 20 years and i'm not going to stop i'm not going to switch it out for anything
0: I've tried so many different substitutions. I mean, I remember when dank was cool, (laughs) swag. I I don't know. There are so many different words. I like how some brands don't learn that there's a new word. So somewhere in Wicker Park right now, there's a beer ad that's still saying Mm. dank. I'm just like, oh, that's 10 years ago, Mm. man. Yeah,
1: it's hard to keep up.
0: Like, that's why the kids aren't buying your beer, bro. Also, it can be very local, you know. Nah. I just don't hear people say dank in Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't talk to people, so I don't know what they say. I try and keep up. I have, obviously, if you've listened, you know I have nieces who are Gen Z, and I talk to them, and I make them, like, kind of keep me up, like, with the, God, I feel so lame, with the slang (laughs) of what they do. the slang, you really are an elderly. Um. I know. Wait, Jen. Hey, I'm still kind of like hip with them, <laughs> okay? <laughs> they say they see me more as a sister than an authority figure. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah. They're probably lying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Did you tell Nate that you're doing it? You're doing it right now?
0: Yep. I'm sure he's going to be really happy with that. <laughs> because i mean we were supposed to do it i obviously you remember we were supposed to do it like weeks ago so but yay yay. we're able to do it now and it almost got fucked up by an imaginary fire yeah (laughs) like i was sitting on my curb thinking oh no what if it's a real fire yeah well and who know
1: or like a bomb threat or who knows what kind of craziness could happen
0: is it sad i immediately imagined a scenario as to why we would have a bomb threat and it feels legitimate is it about you recall how i mentioned the (laughs) asshole no not kiki the (laughs) annoying teenage kids so they did do the the thing the other day where they're like blocking the entrance to get into Mm. our apartment building and one uh neighbor like totally cussed them out and like she bitched out like they were just like totally bitching each other out and everything she eventually got in after their assholes and when she came out later she had a golf club and started looking for them so maybe Uh, they uh maybe uh they wanted to do a bomb Uh threat could be she's my hero (laughs) now I mean, except for the fact that she has a golf club, which implies she golfs, but...
1: Hey, golfing is cool. That's what I took for PE in, or not PE, but yeah, for my physical education requirement in college, I took golf.
0: Come on, anarchist. You know it's for the rich. but, yeah, yeah, but it's kind of fun. Mini golf is fun, too. Everything
1: is for the rich. The world is for the rich. That doesn't mean I can't... Enjoy it. But yeah, golf courses do take up a lot of fucking water.
0: I had, like, a a boyfriend. No, obviously 10 or 11 years ago. And he was an anarchist. And he would bitch about golf constantly. Like, he had a vendetta against it. So (laughs) that's why I immediately, like, assume anarchy. Hate golf.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I hate a lot about... Everything but the fact is like there's no like there's no way like I can't I don't get to just like exist apart from the world as it exists, you know, and so i, I mean, there's no there's no ethical consumption under capitalism and it's good it's good to like try to make better choices and it's good to try to like do the things to like imagine and build like a different world than the one that we have but at the end of the day like I still have to exist in this one
0: live in the one yeah room.
1: and it's a hard thing especially and I got really disillusioned like so I was like sort of on the like I participated in Occupy Denver when it was here and I saw like first of all how how difficult it is to to do anything with like non- hierarchical like uh, operations you know like it was really it's, it's very time consuming to to do that and then also like i started to say at the beginning like i think like like leaders emerge and so you would see like fucking white dudes dominating like dominating they dominated the shit that happened and i think it partly was like people like looked to them but they would also like You know, diminish and dismiss women. And, like, everybody was new to it. Like, Occupy was weird because it was just, like, I mean, people from all over, like, it was, like, my introduction to, like, really radical, like, stuff on the ground, like, not in a theoretical way. Same here. So, well, I don't know if you had the same experience of, like, just, like, participating in it. Like, there was, like they're pretty intense here in and she Yeah, well there's for me there was like all this hope at the beginning and there's like all this cool shit happening and then like by the end I was very very disillusioned and like by the end I was like cuz what I would find is that like even like in very basic ways like people would not like it became about like the like the performance of it and like the like the drama and the excitement of like and not about like genuinely caring for each other like the people that were just like in there to like fuck shit up rather than like try to build something really like the those were the ones those were the people who like wouldn't fucking they would like trample over somebody else who fell down you know like a comrade and yeah. and so like just seeing a lot of that just was like very disillusioning and then also like seeing like the like so, like, seeing that within, like, these people who were, s- were supposed to be, like, against uh, that and about, like, mutual aid and caring for each other and then just, like, see them, like, not to give a fuck about each other.
0: It was... I feel like there's always going to be those douchebags who kind of infil- infiltrate the movement a bit. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, I think it was... And it, I mean, there is, it's, like... Because, like, like, we don't know how to do that stuff. Like, most of us don't. There's some people and some, like, organizers... Uh, who are doing shit? Who have had experience with that, and people who like, like, uh, you know, had a history of of doing things that way in a different way, and so they're they're. I mean, I guess yeah, you can't blame the people who are new to it because we don't have we're not like practiced in in doing that kind of stuff, and so it's expected that like all the flaws that are inherent in our society would also like be reflected in in something like that, but it's just.
0: Yeah, trickles yeah. down.
1: It was just really hard to see, and then it's just also like, yeah, the cops and how all that went down is very, it's very
0: disheartening. <clears throat> Did you feel psyched with last summer's riots, seeing Gen Z kind of take up the torch? Uh, well, I mean, I, it's because they were so much more effective, like. They actually knew how to, like, coordinate in a way that I feel like Occupy, we were not that great at. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I didn't, uh, like, I didn't follow closely, like, how things went down anywhere. Like, I I observed some things here, but last year was so hard in so many ways that I didn't, um, yeah, I, I guess I don't always know what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on so your question was was i psyched about the riot i mean like i'm always well on the first firstly like it's
0: horrible like what caused the riot obviously sucks yeah obviously it was horrible that's,
1: that's what i'm saying like i was just like fuck that we that this is still the world that we live in and and then like <clears throat> I don't know. Just like last year was just like so fucked up. It's it's hard to even
0: say how I feel about anything that happened last year, uh, or to know. Twenty twenty is so fucked up for me that I'm still like recovering for it, not knowing that it's actually going to be twenty twenty two sooner. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to still be recoiling from it, like in twenty twenty two, and be like, "That was a bad year." Yeah, I think all of us are. I mean, I think there's like. A lot of
1: like we're, we're like experiencing things on a collective level separately though i mean now we're like able to come together more but i think like you know we just uh well i mean always when these when things happen like i mean we're just like but we've just been bump bomb- like our regular world it's just like we're just like constantly bombarded by tragedy uh and so it's really hard to know how to navigate that, and then like so like just the baseline of modern life is like that. you're just like bombarded by tragedy, like police violence and mass shootings and et cetera et cetera uh, but then with the pandemic
0: <laughs> on top of it, it's just like i don't I, it just accelerated I mean, everything, and the white supremacist president, yeah we, like, we fucking, had to get rid of him yeah. and so much adrenaline. Oh.
1: Well, and it's like, you don't know how to, like... I, I, I mean, I struggle, I think, on a daily basis. Like, how do I even, like, operate my life? Like, how do I how do I navigate this day and do something that's meaningful? And how do I, like... Uh, you know, I'm white, and so I feel like this obligation to, like... I mean, not an obligation, but, I mean, uh, you know, I'm compelled to work towards like being anti-racist and I also am like a single mom wh- who's like just struggling to survive in many ways in all of this and so like there's all these layers of like and then there's I mean don't get me started on the environment so I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck to do Uh like how do, how do I live in a way that that is uh, ethical like you know ethical in terms of like my own ethics like my morals like what I think uh the world needs because I think that's that's the thing like we have to like be and do the things and like try to bring about the changes that we want but like how do how do you do that like capitalism makes that shit next to impossible for me like and and And, like, there's levels of survival. Like, I say I'm a single mom just trying to survive. Well, like, you know, I live in Denver, and there's, like, people dying on the streets. I see that I work in a library. Like, there's people, like, experiencing homelessness, uh, like, on the verge of death, like, people dying from addiction. I see them, like, every day. And so what does survival actually mean? Like, how, like, am I just being, like, uh, it's all relative, I guess, and... So it's just hard to. It makes it, it makes it really hard to feel like I'm, and then I'm like writing this shit that's like, oh my boyfriend was mean to me and it was very sad or like I had you know like
0: I this, like you think you're like being indulgent sometimes yeah sometimes for for sure and I also it is a privilege a bit that I think we both have like where it's like, Oh, I get to be so sad about this thing. Whereas other people are like really, really suffering. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I'm really, all of us have, all of us have trauma also. And I, uh, have grappled with a lot of that, like, like far distant past trauma in the last couple of years was like Mm -hmm. resurfaced for me and been a thing that, uh, I've been trying to, trying to
0: deal with and like put away finally finally um so and it's you can't like do like the trauma game where you kind of like see who has the has it worse you know
1: yeah i mean it's it's not about trying to do that like we're all just trying to do our best but it but it is it is hard to know how to live and how to be like a decent human being, because when you think about the things that are happening, like there's just, like obviously I can't fix everything, and I think sometimes that's that's really paralyzing. And but I also know that, like, so if I write something and somebody, uh, it makes somebody f- feel something, and makes them feel like come alive a little bit more. Then that's that's important and that's valuable. And uh writing has kept me alive in a lot of ways and you know, reading has kept me alive in a lot of ways and helped me to feel less alone. And so I do
0: think that there's a value in it. Like I wouldn't say that it's like enough. Uh No, there's definitely a value in it though. I mean, I feel the same way when it comes to writing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the same thing. Like, I don't know, I, I did a poetry book like three years ago and like when I look back at it now, I was just like, oh, that was so self-indulgent. This is just me like whining about my life and how sad and depressed I am and everything. But I got a lot of messages from people who were like, wow, I didn't know you had mental illness. I didn't know you had like these problems. I have them too. I relate. Thank you for writing it. So like I'm sure like, do you get that or I do
1: I do I would like to get more of that. Um, but I do have I have had people people say that I, I, a lot of people close to me, a lot of friends have said that. But also also strangers and I and I really like and I really like that. And this review that I just uh, self titled just got reviewed in Razor Cake and. Uh, he said something something like that. Besides, like, that the poetry in it sucks. Uh, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. <laughs> but, like, I was like, yeah, it's one or the other. Po- poetry or prose. Not both. Which is my worry. I just said that in the last podcast that I was on. I worry about... I worry... I really worried about mixing the two forms in one book because personally I don't enjoy that uh but it also like I've all, I always want to do that. I always like feel like the story it, like needs to be told and so I like always hesitate to do that. But I also sometimes I feel mm-hmm. like it needs to be told that way and this was like a collect it's a collection it's not like a a
0: novel or anything like that. So and I yeah, I mean definitely like short vignettes and everything. I I definitely vibe that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I guess some people. I I actually liked reading that in the review. Like, it was sort of validating. Like, yeah, some people don't like this, and that's okay. Everybody doesn't have to like everything I do. But, anyways, he said something in the review about that. About how, like, you know, it's. I, it was validating too because, like, he 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 got it. Like, that is the like the overarching theme of it is about like trying to find a connection, and he did say like that I don't, I have never found it, or
0: something like that. Uh, (laughs) Which I don't know. Uh, What was it? What centers the majority of this book is the desire to find connection written by someone who seemingly has never been able to do so. (laughs)
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) Damn. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) So, my ex, who I'm trying not to talk to, but I was like oh this review and he was like i think you do find connection and trying he was like very like defensive about the review but i think it's a good i mean i think it's there is something to that i do think it's kind of true i definitely haven't found it in the way that i want to uh i mean
0: people can only see what they see in the page so
1: yeah but i also think that if you read like i think so okay so i think also like the book is about like maybe like accepting that so it's called self-titled right so part of it is about like just like learning how to inhabit myself and to not necessarily Mm -hmm. have to uh well i don't know like what even is connection right like what does that mean like that somebody does it mean that like i have the lifelong partner that i envision and desire like if that's what it means then no i haven't I have not achieved that and the reviewer is correct but if it means like you know
0: there are different connections to be yeah, had Yeah there's
1: there's a lot of different ones and i and i like i find it through writing more than anything, probably. Like, so, if somebody reads something and and really gets it, and like he did, the reviewer in that case did did get it because it definitely is about connection. But it's also about like, you know, r- like really learning how to inhabit myself with all these layers of like, trauma and loss and, um you know.
0: I was gonna say he seems to. I immediately guessed it's a he. I it is. See a, n- it is a name. he. Yes. <laughs> He didn't seem to grasp the coping aspect that I saw in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did... And it's funny that he said that, that, like, I never achieved that connection. And yet he said, like, what? I I should have it in front of me so I can read it. But... (laughs) I have it in front of me. He did say that, like, it's something about it, that that was very validating for him. Or, like, he saw himself in that or something like that. So that is... So, like, by him saying that, he's actually, like, like, doing that, what he's talking about, like, not being able to get, you know, like, yeah. he's, he's, he
0: connected in a way, in that way, so. I really like the way he begins that sentence, yet her tails hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because for a lot of my life, I've also searched for connections with others. So, yeah, he obviously empathizes yeah. with
1: me. Yeah, I think that's,
0: that's a lot of. Of what it's about, but it's also, you know, like you... That should be, like, the main blurb for your book. These, it hurts like a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I think Adam said something similar, too. Or somebody... It hurts like a motherfucker is something. And that's good. Like That means that it's that it's real, that, or that it, like, it hits in a mm-hmm. real way. And so I like that. Not that I want to hurt people, but, like, that means that, like, we've connected. <laughs> so... um.
0: Yeah. Your pain is their pain. I'm trying to see, like, what mine is full of. Yeah, see, mine is about isolation and emptiness and everything. Mm -hmm. But my book, the character kind of finds... See, that's the thing is it's not a self-poetry thing. Mine actually finds actualization in it. Like, she kind of finds comfort in finally just kind of, like, finding comfort in herself like not needing the connection
1: well yeah and i think that's yeah i think that's the case in my book too like you you were using the word self-indulgent which is something that i worry about and see sometimes but also like uh i have not like the world hasn't given me permission to take up space and like to exist as myself and so that's part of that's like part of it uh is like uh with this book called self-titled like Mm -hmm. i give myself permission to do that to like be in myself and with all these layers of um things that i am and that i exist in and so it may not have like a happy i don't know it's not
0: Oh believe me, my book doesn't have a happy, <laughs> happy ending either. But yeah,
1: but it's but it's real and it's uh and it's real good. No, I like it. I like I like my book and I don't I I have been like really worried.
0: I like the title. Yeah. I, I really do think it fits. And I have to say though before reading I immediately thought like music you know like it reminded me of an album like we're like oh it's your self-titled release mm-hmm. everything yeah were you vibing that at all or did you just want it to be more like just about you like <clears throat> what made you pick the title
1: well i think like it was just a working title maybe while i was putting the manuscript together and then um
0: i don't know i suck at titles <laughs> <laughs> What's the title of your book? Uh, The Only Living Girl in Chicago. Oh, that that sounds pretty cool. That sounds like a book I'd check out. I stole it from a Paul Simon oh, song. Oh. Yeah. Only well, he's the only living boy uh, in the Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I steal a lot of I steal a lot of
1: my titles too or I just have like very straightforward titles. But I thought the title kind of sucked. Well, I thought the whole book See, I go through this.
0: We all think our writing sucks until you see what other people say about it. Yeah,
1: well, sometimes other people say it sucks, too, is what I'm learning. I've been really worried about this. (laughs) I got, so, like, a couple of people that I know or just, like, know uh, associates reviewed my, reviewed the book on Goodreads and gave five-star reviews, but then somebody that I don't know gave it four stars, and so I had a whole crisis about it, like, well, that's fine, but I want to know why. And then I just, and I try not to fucking look, because I love my book. I love it. I love it, and I'm very happy with Mm -hmm. it, and I'm very happy with the whole process. The publishing with Nate is all great. But so I went back, and I looked a couple days ago, and that person had given it dropped it down from four to three stars. So now I'm like, what in the fuck? Now I really wanna know. Like were they just halfway through and they gave it four stars and then they finished reading it and they gave it like they're just like, This really sucks. I don't know. But they didn't put they didn't give a review, they just gave a rating and so
0: I hate it when people do that. Well, I hate
1: it that I fucking check, you know, like it's none of my business what other people, you are not the only one. Believe me, we all anxiously. Yeah. Well, I would like to stop or I would like to have like so many reviews and ratings that I couldn't possibly read through them all or give a shit about one
0: because there's just so many. So. God, I wish (laughs) I had that. (laughs) Believe me, I do not have, like, was it, like, the cool fans that a lot of other writers have. Yeah. I mean, you have some good reviews here. I'm checking it. Yeah. Ooh, I, I see who dropped it down to three. I'd, <laughs> I'd be curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just want to, and, and then I'm like, can I, is there a way through Goodreads that I can contact this person and just ask them for, like, some more details about that three-star rating? <laughs> <laughs> uh. You could click their names. Yeah, you could add a friend. Oh, I'm not gonna do not take me down that rabbit hole, Mallory. <laughs> like, I'll just like personally like harass every person who rates my book. No, I can't
0: do it. Oh my god, it would seriously be like having to like track down every critic and be like, I just need to know which word, where did I lose you? Yeah,
1: well, and I think Adam Gennady says somewhere in one of his books. Not, he like, not to Google yourself and not to, like, which I do, I started doing that.
0: Uh, that's how I, I didn't even. God, I almost choked on my coffee there thinking, oh, shit, I Google myself constantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like,
1: I don't know. It's just a, it's just a thing. I used to Google, dudes, you, you know that uh, Amanda Palmer song, I Google You? I love mm-hmm. that song. That's one of my favorites.
0: Which, God, I haven't listened to any of her stuff in forever. She's so great. I love Amanda Palmer. I don't I, like her music. Isn't my? F- I think she recently got in trouble for something. Though. Oh, probably always. She recently, <laughs> well, whatever. She's
1: said a lot of. She. She's a type. Yeah, her. Her and Neil Gaiman were. I don't know, they broke up, maybe they're together, who knows it's none of my business, but I just I really respect uh, the way that she
0: does she does things, which is uh, she's she's been really inspiring <clears throat> As he, I mean, she's confident as Spock, I wish I could have that well, she's
1: confident, but she's also like she's she's uh, confident enough to be open about the ways that she's not confident which i you know she's she's willing to be vulnerable which i think is a real mark of like um bravery Mm -hmm. in the world and i am too and you probably are too i haven't read your stuff so i don't know but uh it sounds like from what you said you are too and so it's who knows it's difficult to be vulnerable and to be soft to like to be vulnerable and soft is to like choose that in a
0: world that's very hard and sharp and cutting. So, uh, and everybody doesn't. I just ha- like that you're the first one to admit that you haven't read my stuff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's funny because I've done the reverse with um, some guests. <laughs> um, <laughs> need. They even, like, called me out in the podcast. They were like, hey, I just want to let you know I actually just submitted my writing to you and you rejected it two minutes before we started this. Oh. And I was like, oh, shit. I wasn't even looking at the name. Oh, wow. Well, on the last podcast I was on, I admitted that
1: I do not listen to podcasts. And I was like, yeah, I tr- tried to... Li- I listened to, like, part of... my It was, like, really, really long. And so I didn't. I think the only... I did. I listened. I listened to the whole Adam Gennady interview with you or podcast with you because I really like Adam Gennady Mm -hmm. and I wanted to learn more about him. So, being totally honest, but then I learned a little bit about you too and Kiki and everything else. But otherwise, (laughs) I don't. I just have a hard time listening to shit. And I'll probably. And then I went and I listened to the podcast with myself.
0: (laughs) No one likes hearing himself.
1: Really? Well, I was surprised. On, I'm not sure how this one will turn out, but the last one, I listened to it and I thought, wow, I sound like way more of a person than I feel like. Like I, <laughs> like, I sound like a fully formed person, but I never feel that way. I feel like a
0: just like a collection of parts. You know what I mean? No, I have that feeling. No, no, I definitely yeah. have yeah. that feeling. You're going to send me into a disassociated state now. <laughs> Please don't, <laughs> who knows, Look, I, I got coffee to carry me through it a little bit, yes, coffee, but yeah, so obviously, we eventually have to get into music. I think we kind of have the vibe though, anarchist, very dark
1: mm. sort of
0: I notice that you don't have like riot girl music on the playlist you sent me. Mm. Do you not like no, it? No,
1: I've never really. I that's the thing that I've always wondered about. I I mostly listen to music by that's made by men, um, and I yeah, yeah. and the <clears throat> I feel like the female artists that I do enjoy were like I learned about them
0: from men, like boyfriends or whatever. I feel like a Mormon right now knocking on your door, being like, Can I interest you in some (laughs) music? You should. You should send me some (laughs) shit. And then I can be like, this is a
1: female artist introduced to me by a woman. Uh, Uh yeah. Yeah, no, I don't I have a weird i feel like my musical taste is more I'm very like emotional about it. And I do tend to listen
0: to uh I don't know I like I you have like a lot of like anarcho punk and everything in there
1: yeah I can't even remember what's on I can't remember what's on the playlist because it just was gonna get like so big and I couldn't
0: you get a little all over the place in some areas (laughs) yeah well where I'm just like hmm there's not a total trend but I'm gonna pick the punk trend yeah like, that seems the most prevalent. I think,
1: there, I think I I should have put a lot of Jason Molina on there. He's one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite artists uh, that I've been listening to a lot for the last, since 2014, when a man I was in love with, who was not in love with me, introduced me to Jason Molina, and uh, the relationship with Jason Molina lasted, whereas the infatuation didn't. Uh, I can't remember what's on there. I know I put um,
0: you got some Ramshackle Glory. I was psyched when I saw that because I don't know anyone else who likes Ramshackle. Yeah, glory. I saw
1: Pat the Bunny here in Denver. Oh uh, uh, yeah, and I didn't know who he was actually, but like the I just went to this show, and it was it was super rad, and I loved it. Oh, there I go again, just rad. Now I said. It's cute. I'm gonna no, go, rad uh, Well, me. I know, Don't but I probably worry. already said it 100 times in this podcast. And then people are like, oh,
0: that's so rad. I'm just tired of hearing it. You want sad? Seriously, there is one podcast where I say lit like so many times where <laughs> even like when I was promoing it, the guest was like, yeah, you said lit a lot. Like that was all their tweet was. <laughs> nice. And I was like, all right, hope this is a good one where you hear me say lit a million times. We need a buzzer that goes off. If we try to
1: say rad or lit.
0: No, see, I just got to switch it out. I'll go rad. And then now you could say lit and we won't be in trouble. Yeah, change it up. Or maybe we could even get a third word in there. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like so much effort. No. Okay. We'll just... now I'm going to have to, like, shout down to the teenagers downstairs and be like, what do you guys saying? What say? are you guys saying? Get the fuck out of the doorway. <laughs> it's so funny. They, we call them the Stranger Things kids, because, like, they're always riding their bikes and everything and shit. Mm. But yeah, they're little assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well. I assume if the Stranger Things kids existed in our universe, they'd be little douches too. I don't actually know that show. I'd recommend it if it wasn't so the 80s best of, like, made by millennials. Mm. Well, I don't watch a lot of TV. I've been watching The
1: Handmaid's Tale, but... Ooh. that's
0: That's a hard one. Yeah,
1: it is, but very fitting to my mood and I didn't notice before I watched it <clears throat> like the first couple of seasons when it first came out and I never noticed, I don't know. It's, it feels even more relevant right now. And, uh, just Elizabeth Moss. is so great to watch and to see her character like powering through like all these fucking layers of loss you know it's just it's Mm -hmm. even more I felt even more relevant and validating to watch now even though it is very
0: difficult to watch I've watched season one season two and then the first couple episodes of season three and then season four for me it's one of those like I just jumped into season three and then four to be like is she out Mm -hmm. yet is anything better so how far are you into the series can you tell me if anything has probably improved not as
1: far as you I, don't, I can't i think i might be on season three i'm not sure because i was, just i was kind of binge like, watching it for a while but then i stopped and then i have all this other reading and writing to do yeah
0: I like dropped into one episode and it was just like out <clears> and out <throat> torture like where they are torturing her and I was like ooh okay life has not improved and then I just turned on another show. Yeah, it has it's definitely not something that you watch. Just check out of uh I love the book Growing Up. Like that was definitely one of those like vital books to like making Mallory who Mallory is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I think I, re- I read the book at some time. Have you seen, read the sequel? I have not. I've read some of other some other Atwood stuff. The sequel will make you happy just a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I think she realized that we were all feeling so fucked up because of Trump, and she's like, here, hope. Mm. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh. A little bit. I mean, it's, it's depressing as shit, but still... Happy ending. Mm -hmm. I know you wouldn't think that it could have a happy ending. It's as happy of an ending as that story can have. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll have to check it out. Maybe. But no, back to (coughs) concerts. What's the last one you've been to? The last concert I've been to? Yeah. Uh, Are you able to do that so much like, you know, having a kid? Well, no. And I've never been able to because I've always had a kid. Um. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but the last show I went to was Zavotchka who f-
0: even the, oh fuck it they're not on your playlist well Come here's on. the
1: weird thing I wouldn't if you asked me I wouldn't say like oh Zavotchka is my favorite band but I've seen them more than any other band and there's Like it's the best fucking show live. It's the best. They're the best. I've
0: always wanted to see. They're they're
1: so good live. And I've seen them actually. They were the they were like the last band I saw before the pandemic in Taos. Um, and then I didn't. I I did not even realize that. And then they're the first band that I saw after the pandemic.
0: Oh, we're not. Holy shit! I'm doing not that there's after, but we're not. My last concert I saw was Slater Kenny and the next concert I'm seeing is Sleater Kenny. No
1: shit. I do like I do like yeah. Sleater Kenny, okay. I ha- I do know of
0: them. I like how we both kinda like bookended <laughs> the pandemic right Yeah, there. that's
1: really interesting. But I would not say that Divotka I don't necessarily I like I don't like put on a Dvochka C D or
0: you know, like I you aged yourself by saying C D. <laughs> that's the buzzer <laughs> moment right there. Well, I just
1: got a fancy car. Sometimes it's nice, and it has a CD player, and so I have all these CDs, (laughs) and I, so I've been moving back to it. I really resisted uh, Spotify for a long time, and then I got into it, and then now, like, I don't like it. Well, and I, the reason I didn't like it at first was because I guess you can set the settings so that it doesn't shuffle play shit, but I don't like how it, it just shuffles it'll shuffle through a whole album and then it'll just start playing something else like i like the finite nature of a cd or a record like an album like
0: i i like that sometimes oh you can definitely do settings and everything i'm a spotify addict so yeah i can tell you it it gets good if you put the time in no
1: i do i do like it and it's <clears throat> like now i like it but so i found myself kind of going going back to CDs I actually checked out some CDs from my library and I was to say I think that's the only place you can get them now <laughs> yeah I guess it's been quite some time since I bought a CD I got a record player too and I've been uh, buying records I just got Fugazi's Repeater which I was really excited about when I went to, to the record store here to purchase the Razor Cake that has my first print review in it I had to have it in print I'm going to save it for posterity uh, it's rad. I was gonna say lit, and then I remembered <laughs> yeah. it's rad. Yeah, yeah, it's so lit that <laughs> that record store is really cool. It's like a punk and hardcore metal store. I love places like yeah, that. I didn't even know it existed. It's just like a little
0: hole in the wall. Because I called. So there's a rec. There are so many metal places in that area. Yeah. yeah well, I so much cooler than chicago well, i called
1: wax tracks the records the record store that i know that's here in cap hill where i live to see if they had razor cake and they said no but they referred me to this other store so and then they had it
0: now that's the best kind of store like where they could actually be like we don't but these are the people that have you but we don't have cool people in Chicago. At all? I'm pretty determined no about cool that. cool people at all. They might be hiding <laughs> somewhere. I haven't met them. See, I've never been to Chicago. I've really never been. I've been to New York City, but uh... see, as a Chicagoan, I have to say that New York City sucks, but I, I kind of like it. Don't tell the other Chicagoans I really it.
1: like it. I actually went there on a Wednesday to new york city on a magical occupy adventure so i have really good even though that relationship
0: my occupy adventure was to san francisco but i love that we both went on mm. one
1: yeah this was this was pretty special i well it's too long of a story to tell now but so anyways i've never been to chicago but my dad grew up there well he grew so my dad's from minnesota and he grew up in Minnesota, but then he uh, went to, like, high school in Chicago. So I've wanted to go out there to check it out. I'm actually trying to write a book sort of based loosely on, like, my parents, uh, a, a novel. Because, you know, I'm like, oh, I write about myself too much. I should write about something different. And then I'm like, oh, I'll write about how my parents conceived me. <laughs> that's, mm. that's So it's still about me. That's, like, a as. Far away from myself as I could go. Um, but no.
0: See, my book is not about me at all, but I'm
1: terrified people are going to think it's oh, about me. it's about you. <laughs> you. No one can write a book that's not about themselves. That's the thing. So.
0: I was telling my therapist about it and she's like, you're still writing yeah. about yourself. But I was like, no, this person's so much cooler than me. And she's like, okay, it's your best self that you're mm-hmm. imagining. And I was like, oh. know, Yeah. She does cooler things yeah. than me.
1: Yeah. Well <clears throat> I now I'm excited to read your book. When does
0: it come out? It comes out uh twenty fourth. August twenty fourth, and I think it starts pre order in a week. Well are so, you yay. we
1: need to have a we need to have a party. So I never we didn't do a release party for my book or Bart's book because <clears throat> I don't think they were doing events at Trident, but I think you should come out. We should have a large release party at Trident for you and celebrate and do readings, and it will be really fun. We should get Bard yeah. out here too. Yeah. Out there,
0: too. He, he was fun. He was on the podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read his book either, um, but the Razor Cake review, review made me want to read it.
0: Y'all are really great writers. I'm happy to be amongst you. Yeah, I'm not,
1: I don't know whether I can trust you that you've actually read any of my shit now, Mallory, or if you're just, so, (laughs) but I'll take it.
0: Don't worry, I I have read your stuff. You're like, I skimmed it. I like to do right by Nate. I'll just be like, what's your book called again? Self-titled as I'm Googling it. Ah, I see. You're just like reading the
1: other reviews. Yeah, man. You're like, I read your book, Nicole, and it hurts like a motherfucker.
0: (laughs) It hurt like a motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, good
1: times.
0: I feel like that's going to be the title of this podcast.
1: Yes, it should be. So back to titles. (laughs) I thought self-titled was kind of a stupid title, but I kind of liked it. And Nate is the one who was like, no, it's not stupid. Nate's... So Nate's the one. And I... And when, and I, I Googled it to see if like other people had books called that and they don't really. And I just couldn't think of anything because really, uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's just the right title. There are some other books called that I found now. I found them on Goodreads now when I was searching for mine. But there's no like famous books. So mine will be the most famous book called self-titled.
0: Fuck yeah. Mine was going to be called Brad <laughs> and Nate really liked that. And then, I don't know, just out of nowhere, the pandemic hit and I started listening to all this like weird, easy listening, like 60s uh-huh. music. And then I was like, here's a new title. Uh, and he was just like, all right, I'll take that.
1: I like, I like that title. And I really like Paul Simon. I don't yeah. actually. I don't know that song, but I like Paul Simon. Like that album Graceland, is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a, when I, I'm in a certain mood. Other times, most of the time, I'm like, oh, Paul Simon. But a lot of the time, I really, I really dig Paul Simon.
0: He's like a secret. Like I, I like him, but I don't like brag about liking him. Yeah.
1: Well, now it's all over the
0: internet, Mallory. I mean, I think anyone who looks at the title of my book is, like, if they like music, too, they're going to probably put it together, but they're definitely going to put it together with the audiobook because I, uh, I kind of do a little bit of an acoustic version of the song while reading. That's so. fucking lit. Rad, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> that sounds really cool. You know, that's something that I wanted to do, and I tried to... Uh, I've never done anything backed by music and some of Adam's stuff is some of my favorite shit and it sounds really cool and some other stuff other people have done so I met this guy on Facebook dating <laughs> and, I, and he's a musician and so uh, I, was tra- I was trying to do like a collaboration and he was going to make some music and then I never heard from him again so I'm not sure what happened there he ghosted me
0: I was going to say, he, you don't ghost people, but you got Well, ghosting. probably Damn. he
1: started reading my shit, and he saw that, like, <laughs> I'm still obsessed with my ex-boyfriend, and he was like, eh, I'm not, not going to make some music for free for this shitty poet
0: who's in love with someone else. So, Nah, you're not a shitty poet. I'd let you know. Mediocre,
1: maybe. Mediocre. I was So I was a little bit disappointed at the open mic last night that I didn't make anyone cry. Or, like, just, like, I didn't really wow them, you know? Like, I really wanted to just, like, knock people out of their fucking chairs with how good my poetry is. But that did not happen. Disappointing. But, on the upside... Maybe they're crying on the inside. Maybe. But on the upside, I didn't cry, and I didn't, like, make a fool of myself as far as I know. So that's really good. Maybe if you cried they would have yeah i and i thought about like giving them permission mm, to do mm, so i thought about reading something that would make me cry that was that was like has been my big fear that like i'll just cry a bunch when i try to read anything uh but i think cuz i've had practice reading stuff on instagram and then now reading stuff
0: for hello america i'm a little bit better at controlling myself so see i'm a very nervous nervous reader I, that's why I rarely do it
1: <laughs> yeah well it's a very it's a hard thing to do and it and it feels a lot different I was thinking about this a lot it feels a lot different because I when I first started uh, reco- I had like 12 followers on Instagram that were just my friends and I was totally trying to keep my Instagram separate from like people that I know that I don't you know like your social media and then you just get like somebody that you went to high school with that was mean to you and now they want to be Facebook friends or whatever. Or, like, your aunt that's very judgy. That's
0: why I don't go on Facebook that much. I left them on Facebook and now I'm on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. But anyway, so I was really, really trying to keep my Instagram... Well, and I still am pretty much trying to keep it, like, a little bit separate and, like, more professional. But, so I started... I just got this urge during the pandemic to, like, video myself reading a poem, and so I did that, and then I just started doing that, and I had like twelve, you know, followers, so two people would see it, and but it was really good practice because what I realized, because I and I, I mean, I did it because I wanted to be able to share my stuff, and I have this poet friend who's really amazing and who just every time. They read like live or you know they were doing like these open mics on Instagram to with the Merck actually uh, but anyways, um so I started doing that, and it but it changed my relationship with my poetry, I think, because it's a lot different when it's just on the page, and then it's very different when you're reading it, but then. With Hello America, I started to learn how different it is when it's just your voice. So it's different, and that's one of the. So when I first did my did my first public reading on the sidewalk in front of Mutiny like a month ago, (laughs) uh, I was like, "Man, I just wish I could do this without like my body being here." You know, like I just want to because the thing is, and especially as a woman, like there's just so much uh like i just uh i don't want people to to like judge my body or my appearance or to even
0: and that's like the first thing we I do i know when you're and woman, i, I feel it, like guy could do whatever the fuck he's doing but i feel like the first thing we all look at when it's a woman is is she hot yeah
1: and i don't i don't want that to to be a factor but at the same time it is like my body i'm not trying to say like i don't because like i like my body and i'm i'm tr- and i'm learning to like being in it sometimes i do like being in it but i don't like having to be constantly judged and it it's you're it doesn't matter what the fuck you do like you cover up you don't cover up you're fat you're thin you're ugly or whatever it is you're like it's Thing And, I mean, everybody experiences that, but I think, you know, femmes have it a lot harder in that department. And so I just want to... So that's one of the things that I love about Hello America is that it's just my voice. Like, that's it. Uh, And I can do whatever I want. There's, like, a freedom in that. I learned when I was recording Soft Animal and uh, with the other pieces that I recorded, there's a freedom in that of not having... uh, like I can do whatever I want with my body. Like I can move in weird ways that might be like like look weird on video or live or whatever. Uh, and so, like I learned a lot about myself in doing that. And there's a lot of freedom, I think, in just doing audio recordings. And I want to do more of that. But that was so that was my mindset last night. Actually, uh, that I went when it, before I went up on stage, I thought I just want to like I want to go up there with my voice and, like, and just really be that and really inhabit my voice and do that. So that was kind of what I tried to do. I don't know how well it worked, but it was a
0: good experience. I'm sure it was good. I actually have your tape. I listened to it the other day. Mm -hmm. I liked it. You have good reading voice, much, much better than mine. You sound very, not just confident, but, like, as you just said, like, you really inhabit like, the personality of the writing and everything.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, part of that is because Soft Animal was so hard to read aloud. Uh, I had never... Mm-hmm. And I did it a few... I mean, like, I did many, many drafts of each of those stories. Many, you know, I read them aloud and recorded them many, many times. Um, and so I think... And that's another thing, too. You realize, like, the more times you read something, the more... Like, you just learn the piece more, too, I think, and you can be more calm. And then there's, like, so many different ways you can vary it and, cha- like, you can really change a piece just with your voice and your inflection and timing and and all of that stuff. Um, but so part of it is that – well, part of it is that I wanted to do a good job for Hello America, but the other part is that uh, I, I think there's – like a power that comes into your voice when you're trying to exercise control over your emotions. So that it wasn't the first time I'd read it aloud, but it was, it just, it was very like raw reading. And so I had to be very, like I had to, I felt like I really had to control my emotions so that I didn't just like fucking blubber through the whole thing Uh, because (laughs) it's a true, I mean, it's like, it's something that it's what happened to me and it's, Uh, And there's so much more, like, it's just, it was a hard thing to read. So I think, so I think that's the thing too. Like there's a, there's a power that you get from like mastering your emotions. And I have, Mm -hmm. I rarely do that. Like generally I just let my emotions fly about in a flurry of, in a like storm of just whatever the fuck I feel. So that's one of the, like, writing and then, you know, reading it aloud is one of the few ways that, like, I am able to and, like, g- getting more confident and exercising control over my
0: emotions. So it's a really nice thing. Are you working on anything new? <clears throat> or just focusing on what you've done right now?
1: Well, I, I just finished... I just wrote a zine about... uh having a breakdown, so I finished that really recently, and I've written so fucking much, and I keep saying, like, oh, I'm gonna stop, um, but I keep, I mean, I feel like I'm always, I'm always writing something I don't have, so I do have, so I have the Denver novel that I want to write, um, that's sort of loosely based on my parents, my parents both came to Denver from different parts of the country, and, met here in the late 70s and that's if I could choose any time and place that I wanted to live it would be that time I'm really obsessed and in love with whatever my idea of that time is and so I want to write a novel that uh, is set then and I do I want it to be like more fiction so that's um that's a project that I haven't really started I've started like making notes and interviewing my parents and doing some research but I haven't I feel like it's going to be a different kind of project than the other things that I do, because usually I just, uh, in, a, in an attempt to control myself and not lose my shit, I write things. So that's usually how <laughs> my writing comes about. <laughs> uh, so that would be like a different, a little bit different project. And then... I have this other zine that's been in the works for a long time. It's a short story that I wrote called Kentucky Meat Shower, 1876. And it's one of my favorite fucking stories that I ever wrote. It's like the most, uh, like not about me story, although it is about me. Uh, but it's actually, it's about an event. It's like a fictionalized story about an actual event that happened. Kentucky Meat Shower, eight seventy eighteen seventy six. 1876, And uh, this person, that this artist that I met on Instagram and Zinester illustrated it. And she made these amazing illustrations. And so we've been trying to put it together. But, like, uh, it keeps getting whatever. I was trying to do the layout. And I couldn't figure it out. And it was really hard. And so now she's working on trying to do the layout and put together, like, the text and the images. So that's another thing I'm working on. Uh, I got some really cool fucking stickers. I'll send you one for having Ooh, me yeah. on the Little podcast stickers. they're it they're so they're like the greatest thing ever and i just think everyone should have
0: my macbook is covered do you have a sticker, sticker with your name it. on
1: it because i feel like this is something that everyone should no. do like you should just you should do this everyone whether you're a writer or like everyone who's a person should should, should have, have a sticker. sticker of themselves and this i fucking love this one it's holographic And I'll
0: mail you one. You'll have to send me your address. Definitely. I definitely will. (laughs) Yeah. Now I need to imagine what my sticker would be. See, the only sticker I have is the logo for my publishing house. So Mm. that's about it. Mm. Although I actually, there's the craziest trend. I'm so happy Nate didn't do it. That some of my authors are actually getting tattoos of the logo of my publishing house. Oh. I'm just like, please don't. Like, I can't guarantee we're gonna be here as long as your body is gonna have that tattoo.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Well, that doesn't
0: matter. It makes me feel a bit like a cult leader. Just, just a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking at your
1: logo. Well, I don't know what's what. What's it called?
0: Maudlin House.
1: Okay. Yeah. I see you. (laughs) Payment is gratitude Mm. and admiration. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're very busy writing and publishing. So your logo is the books and everything. The house.
0: That's cool. I'd
1: get a tattoo with that.
0: I, um, you know, I'll say it just because I know he listens to the uh, podcast, but I still find it wild. Nick Gregorio, he just had a book out from Trident mm-hmm. as well. He has a Trident tattoo now too. I think he's just going to get a tattoo of everyone who publishes him. <laughs> but it's like the entire size of his like right arm is the Malden House one, and I was just like, Jesus Christ! I think your wife is going to kill me.
1: I think that's rad. I think that that is. I mean, <clears throat> do you? I really get the urge to you know mark your body with significant events it's like an anchor our bodies are temporary but uh, it's like a way and also I mean uh, personally like I said before I just feel like a bunch of scattered bits and pieces you know like I just feel like a bunch of parts a collection of parts so I totally get that like getting a tattoo I don't think I would get a trident tattoo but I might get yeah, Nate, no trident tattoos. It's not a competition, Mallory. Uh, <laughs> it is a little
0: bit, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, if Nate t- wants me to get a tattoo, I will do that. After
0: a trident tattoo, I will. Uh, like, we're just going to start seeing whose publishing house, like, has the most authors with yeah. tattoos. Well, I was really sad
1: because I wanted... So Adam tried to run this contest to promote... Uh, my book and stuff and it didn't get a lot of so it's like soliciting like artwork like that was one of the ways that you entered was artwork and i advertised my book partly by i put a picture on instagram of the book in my back pocket so it's just like a picture of my butt and i like in pants you know like in pants and then the books in my yeah pocket and i really 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 wanted somebody to draw my butt. I wanted fan art of my butt, and nobody did it. So, see,
0: sometimes you just I, didn't, ask. Even, this... I didn't even ask. Maybe after the I didn't. I
1: did ask. People I put to... it in my stories, and I was like, "I really hope somebody's going to draw my butt or paint it or whatever." <laughs> uh, so that I'm not even asking people to get my ass tattooed on them. I'm asking them to draw a picture to show that they care, and nobody did it. So, I guess I don't have any real fans because nobody drew my butt. Who
0: knows? See, only my publishing house has fans. I don't, personally. Oh, well, you will as soon as you get that Trident tattoo. <laughs> but, all right, I don't want to keep you all day.
1: Do you want to read anything? Yeah. Okay, this is from uh, my new zine, Who Will Take Care of My Life. Mm-hmm. And it's called Door. It rains and rains and rains, and the door to our apartment swells, slowly, until one day it seems we won't be able to leave. It's been so long since I was drunk, I can't really remember what it's like. I remember falling, but it didn't hurt, raging with no sense of consequence, fucking, but I didn't feel a thing. I'd have very deep thoughts, but I can't remember those either. And I doubt they actually were. I'd cry and cry and cry. I'd forget why. I'd wake in pain. A lot like now, but without the warm, sweet reprieve coursing through my blood. Similar, just without the relief of going numb. Almost exactly the same, except now I never forget why I'm crying or the consequences now that I'm always not drunk. But there's a lot of ways to get fucked up, and maybe that's why I do some things I do. I've always been a person who wants to get fucked up, one way or another. One day, the door is hard to open. Next day, harder. It's inevitably awkward to open it anyway because it sits at the bottom of a staircase with no landing. It opens out into the hallway, which you got to stand on the stairs and sort of lean down and over to open it, like a tall person would open a hobbit door. When Blank was here, he got mad at me for not locking the deadbolt. And for a few days after he flew back, he made a big deal about it. He'd ask, did you lock the deadbolt? I wasn't sure. Then he'd get mad if I didn't go check, but I was very, very tired and already in bed and missing him so much I didn't want to get up. He was concerned for my safety, he said. Well, then you should fucking be here, I didn't say. The door swells like my brain does with these words unwritten. Soon, he forgot all about the deadbolt. Three days or so, very soon. The other night, I went to a meeting, my first in years. I stood looking up at the big familiar building, always beautiful to me, and thought how it's so much bigger in my memory. I felt okay after the meeting. I came home. Inside was cheerful, I'd left the starlights on for myself. I sat down. I thought about getting drunk. I decided to get drunk. I thought I should not. Maybe after I sat down, I texted him or something. Maybe I saw a picture of someone, or I don't know where I got the idea to get drunk, but it hit me like a big truck. It didn't seem like a good idea, but I was struck. Last week or the week before, it was also raining in late evening, and I was getting on 6th Avenue, enjoying the greys and thinking on my pain and trying to plot a way around it when a big truck struck my little car from behind, just like that idea I later got about getting drunk out of nowhere. I was wearing my beanie because the evening was cold, and I couldn't find it for several days after because it flew right off my head into another part of my car. I can see the path of my body in slow motion, just like a crash test dummy forward and back in an arc both beautiful and terrifying a humiliating arc of a helpless body the worst thing about it is blanks the first one I wanted to call when I thought for a split second I might die I thought of my kids first but then I wanted the comfort of him I pulled off to the side and I was angry I thought I might like to fight the other driver but as soon as I stopped the car I started shaking I put my hand on my heart. I felt like that felt a little melodramatic. My breath <clears throat> my breath started coming in all weird. I was shaking. The woman who hit me with her truck came to my window and stood there in the rain. I was okay. I just looked at her through the watery window with my hand on my heart, breathing all weird, trying not to be melodramatic, and finally realizing I must roll down my window, so I did. She was sorry. Was I okay? Was she okay? We were okay. We were each glad the other was okay. We talked about things. I thought I might like to get out and feel the rain, so I did. She was shivering. We were okay. We got back on 6th Avenue and drove for some time in the same direction separately, very carefully. I wanted to call him, but I waited until I got to the babysitter's parking lot. It went to voicemail. I told him what happened and how much I love him. I said, when I die, I wanted to be on my way home to you or with you by my side. It didn't sound either as romantic or stupid then as it does now. It just sounded like the truth. Other things happened, few of them good. Meanwhile, the door kept swelling. Today is the day it seemed like we really might not be able to get out but we did. That dark night, the urge to drink became so powerful I felt that if I left my apartment or my bed, I would find myself drunk. I felt paralyzed with the inevitability of me getting drunk. I texted him even though he'd said he was going to sleep. He called right away and told me about all the good reasons I had for not drinking, and none of them mattered even a little to this big truck of an idea. The worst part about it was I knew how much those things mattered to me, but somehow they came to not matter in the light of my overwhelming desire to get shit-faced drunk. That sense of the inexorability of drinking, despite my knowledge of how it ruins everything and most especially damages and divorces me from the people I love, created in me a singular, deeply acute pain. For some reason, he was the only one I could tell this despair to. I told some other people I wanted to drink, but not about the depth of this despair. I stayed in bed and went to sleep and stayed sober and woke up in pain. Other things happened, some of them good. Almost every time a coworker or anyone asks me how I'm doing, I tell the truth, and so they're learning not to ask. I wonder if I stop being such a crybaby, will my answer improve? I wonder if I tell this story in a different way will my life light up again other things happened none of them surprising I really panic at the stuck door at the angle and the resistance today we got through, out and back in, it's still raining, I remembered to lock the deadbolt nothing much happened all of it good
0: all right, that was Nicole Morning. I recommend checking out her book, self-titled from Trident Press, and her tape, Soft Animal from Hello America Stereo Cassette. As always, if you want to get to know us more, find Textual Healing on Twitter, at PodHealing, and take a look at our website, TextualPodcast.com. If you want to be extra supportive, take a look at our Patreon, where you can help support Textual Healing and get some bonus content. We are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a review, check out past episodes, and keep an eye out for new ones. This is Mallory Smart. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show.